Welcome to Artful Aging with your host, Amy. Are you a senior or a caregiver of a senior looking for support and direction? Best-selling author, educator, and expert in senior living, Amy Friesen is here with the help you need while providing you with an important and valuable support network. So now, please welcome the host of Artful Aging, Amy Friesen. Good morning, everyone. I'm Amy Friesen, and this is Artful Aging with Amy. We are live from Bold Brave TV, and today's show is all about healthy aging. I think it'd be fair to say that everyone has some interest in healthy aging, but the question is, what does healthy aging mean to you, and what can you do to support your goals? I see many people reacting instead of being proactive, waiting for a crisis and then having to scramble to deal with it. To me, this is not the way to go, nor is it aging in a healthy way, you know, and what what I would think that a healthy aging is. Um, even yesterday, I spoke with a client that we dealt with two years ago. They were in a good spot to make a move to retirement and then waited two years. And now they're in a big, big predicament about to hit a crisis situation. And, and all we can do is kind of wait for it because there's no other things in the middle. So my guest today is Tanya Saleta, a therapeutic recreologist and founder of Bloom Therapeutic Recreation and Fitness. Not only is Tanya uh, the founder of Bloom Therapeutic, but she is also a faculty member at a local college uh, in Ottawa where she teaches about aging and therapeutic recreation, as well as therapeutic recreation entrepreneurship, which is a mouthful. <laughs> so you'll have to tell us more about that. Uh, and her team also uh, take over eight students for interns in their placements every year to help them gain the skills and the hands-on experience working with individuals in the community. Welcome, Tanya. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Uh, maybe we could start today's conversation with this question. What is healthy aging? And is it something that you can plan for even? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, basically, healthy aging um, is a term that's wildly, widely used in the community or even on a clinical level when it comes to illness and disease prevention, right? So it's um, something that we typically look at in later stages of adulthood. Um, so looking at aging well is another term that we commonly use uh, in, in the field. Um, and as we age, we really are encouraged to continue to put in place some healthy habits that will help us um, really prevent us to, for example, avoid getting sick too soon or certain situations or, or conditions that might happen. Um, so really, it, you know, our health highly depends on certain things like genetics, obviously, and maybe even medical predispositions. Um, but we also know that if you have really good lifelong habits um, and that you plan for your next steps in aging, um, and, and you're well-supported especially, um, and that will really have an effect on how uh, you know certain symptoms can occur, but maybe later uh, than anticipated. So it really helps kind of stay healthy longer, uh, if I may say. Does our environment have anything to do with the aging process? Yeah, absolutely. 
So as a recreation therapist, we I really have a you know the opportunity and the privilege to work with a variety of individuals, um, and they may be living at home, they may be living in the community, um, you know, in different types of retirement communities, for example, retirement homes. Um, so really, um, you'll see that the environment will have a direct impact. That's for sure. Um, you know, our opportunity when working with individuals is really offering opportunities for not only socialization, but being able to provide some uh, opportunities for, you know, all of the areas of well-being. So, you know, where you decide to spend your life or the rest of your life, if I may say, um, can really have an impact on how you feel and also how connected you feel to others. Um, so there are a few different approaches um, that usually are looked at and looked into for research, for example. Um, one of them is called aging in place. Um, so I don't know if you've heard before. Um, it's it's kind of a, a trend right now where, and it's something that has been, um, you know, around for, for ages, but just comment, more commonly discussed, I guess. It's on the table a little bit more. Aging in place is really when a person is able to, um, you know, live and age in the residence they typically has spent most of their life in. Um, so it's kind of, you know, uh, growing old where you uh, feel the most comfortable at home. Uh, but also when you're aging in place, you really want to consider uh, being able to put certain things in place, such as getting some support to come into the home to help you out with certain tasks or even some um, you know, medical things that would be um, you would be accessing from your home or from your direct community. Um, and, you know, when choosing this type of route, I think it's really an interesting one for a lot of people. But it, what I feel is important is for individuals to educate themselves on, you know, the services that they can access from home. Um, as well as, you know, what's available in their community, for example, um, and just making sure that you're surrounding yourself with your village, right? So your village being your partner, your family members, people that are maybe in your community um, that you're a part of, um, and making sure that that's part of your uh, plan for aging, really. Um, there are other choices, obviously, um, that, uh, Amy, you probably know of and, and actually you specialize in, but going into community um, so retirement homes or retirement communities, for example, that also allows the individual to access, you know, certain services and being able to connect with others. It actually has a bit more of that opportunity for socialization for many people. So maybe one being one of the reasons why they would want to move into a re retirement home, for example, rather than staying at home. Um, and there's lots of research actually that shows that, you know, being isolated uh, during the retirement years can actually contribute to health problems later on. So whether it's like a cardiovascular disease or anything like that. So that opportunity for friendship building, socialization really has a direct impact on, um, you know, how the person will feel. Um, so in all, yes, I guess the environment does have, have a huge, huge impact on uh, the well-being of others. I feel like this is what I'm saying all the time <laughs> when, I, when I work with more independent seniors as well. And I talk to them about retirement communities. It's about the socialization, about being with your peer group, not being isolated. And you're right. There's a lot of people right now wanting to age in place. It's been 
it's been that way in my career, but it is the, because COVID kind of kicked it into heavy gear, right? Because nobody wanted to make a move anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people that come to us when we're when we're helping clients that want to age in place in a community. So they might be independent, but they want the full continuum of care because they don't want to move again. And so mm-hmm. it's something that we're always talking to them about. Yeah. Um, t- Tanya, what can seniors do that will contribute to their healthy aging other than, you know, maybe making a move or bringing in some home care? Exactly. Well, there's so many things that you can do. And typically, I like to say that they would probably want to do it sooner rather than later, right? Not wait till you feel like you're close to retirement or close to like the next step in your life to start planning uh, for healthy aging. So for example, I always say, try to think about it as soon as possible. I've had that reflection myself of saying, what would my later years look like? What would be the ideal you know, um, environment I'd like to live in? And that may change over time, obviously, but at least you're tuning in with your needs along the way and just looking at and reflecting um, and making it a part of an important part of your life so that certain steps can be taken earlier on. And while you have that opportunity for, to control and voice your opinion uh, when later on, perhaps you may not have the chance to do so for many reasons, right? Um, So I like to really, uh, when discussing with individuals that come to us, you know, discuss about what the, what optimal aging would look like for them, for example. Um, Was it, you know, an emphasis on physical health? Is it an emphasis on the social health? Um, So looking at those and saying, depending on what your, your most, um, important part would be what steps can you take now that will have an impact later on, right? So it becomes a habit for you. Um, so and an, another really important thing that I find is, you know, so you want to maintain that active lifestyle, for example, early as early as possible. It's actually a lifelong uh, habit that's good at any point in your life. Um, mm-hmm. Staying socially connected, we talked about that as well. Um, and, you know, eating the right amount of healthy and nutritious food as well. We we hear about that a lot, but engaging in cognitive activity as well. So staying sharp uh, or, you know, brain activities. And uh, I may talk about a few examples later on, but it's something that we can do right now that will have an impact later on. So I would say a lot of different things can contribute. Um, and, you know, as recreation therapists, we use recreation and leisure as a tool, right? Um, to as an essential part of that plan. So what kind of leisure activities can potentially bring you that uh, component of maybe cognitive stimulation uh, or the physical stimulation that you're looking for? So looking at a lot of different things. And I think the main thing for me is making sure that we're planning for it and also educating ourselves about uh, the options that we have. I think that you really just, you know, you said my key word, which is planning on it, right? And I think that that with anything, right? And I also find, you know, myself, that there's a little bit of a stigma in the community um, when you try to plan too early. I remember getting um, long-term care insurance when I worked in the retirement homes in my 20s, and, and everybody looked at me all all weird that I was, like, so young and just trying to put everything into uh, place into plan so that I have it taken care of. So uh, it's been such an informative conversation. So let's keep things rolling after the break. Uh, when we return, Tanya and I will be speaking about what we can do as a community to support healthy aging. I'm Amy. You're watching Artful Aging with Amy here live on Bold Brave TV. See you in a few.
Hi there. Thanks again for joining us today on Artful Aging with Amy. I've been speaking with Tanya Saleta, a therapeutic recreologist. We spoke before the break about prevention and forward thinking. Now, Tanya, is there anything that caregivers can do to help the seniors in their lives? Absolutely. Um, you know, whether it's a person, uh, you know, maybe a partner, caregiver, it can be a family member. I think what's most important to consider um, is to always include the own person's, uh, their own opinions, their own beliefs, uh, their own desires as well when planning for aging. So really starting with the person first and then looking at maybe suggesting some options. So rather than doing the opposite of saying, I have some ideas for you, let's talk, I usually start the conversation or help families have the conversation where let's hear what they have to say. Um, and then maybe we can see how it aligns with some suggestions we have. Um, so it may, you know, include after all, uh, you know, after discussing, mapping out some ideas together. So for example, services and resources that might be found in your community um, that can be of interest for joining, for example, some different social clubs and stuff like that, um, and finding maybe alternative ways that they can access um, that may be a bit more geared towards supporting their specific needs. Um, another way to provide that is really uh, offering an um, environment, whether it's at home, whether they're living with you, um, it would be an environment that would allow them for simple ways to engage in daily movement. Um, so as simple as walking to the community mailbox as part of your routine can make a huge difference uh, in a person's well-being. So just thinking of small steps that you can maybe implement in your daily life that can have that opportunity for movement. And then I would say the most important thing as well along that is um, opportunities for socialization. So we talked about that a little bit previously. Uh, but regular social and emotional connection is very, very important. So whether that's done with, we, we picture that being, you know, maybe with friendships and people in the community, but it can even just being a channel for communication with other family members, whether that's done in person, over the phone, or even virtually. That need for connectedness is huge for anyone, and I think that's something that caregivers can definitely support uh, in doing uh, uh, to help out. I think that, you know, what you said as well about putting the person first and understanding what that person wants, because a lot of what I see in the community, whether it's family members or um, sometimes even like the retirement homes or home care or professionals, generally speaking, I work in the retirement home sector. So, you know, I see a lot of people uh, default to the children. And I think that's why I've been so successful because I detail, de default to the senior that is actually getting the care. Whether they have cognitive issues, whether they have physical issues, it doesn't really matter to me. I want to make sure that they see in that moment that they're what's important. They're the ones making the decision. I'm here to help, just like any other professional. And then it shows the family members how to kind of go about it in a different way because a lot of our family members as you can expect get a lot of pushback um exactly. you know that they're, they're always in a spot where not always but a lot of them are arguing kind of back and forth because mm -hmm. the parent doesn't want to be parented mm -hmm. right absolutely yeah so person first all the way is is my motto and i think that it really helps understand basic needs before anything else right yeah, for sure. And then that isolation piece too, right? People, you know, it's so important to try to 
not be isolated or get into isolation, even if you're like me and you just kind of like your own bubble, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's important to not be getting yourself in situations, but sometimes you don't even realize that you've isolated yourself because it's been so long. Again, COVID, right? It's so long. Mm -hmm. You didn't realize, and then you don't realize what it's actually doing to your health um, to make sure that that stuff is kind of taken care of. Absolutely. Um, Tanya, can you give us any more ideas or maybe a few examples of what recreation therapy is and how you can help? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I've been a recreation therapist uh, for the last uh, now 13 years. Um, And really what got me into this field is the uh, just idea of saying that this is a very person centered profession. Um, So we're very strengths based. We look at the person's strengths um, and interests first. And then we move on to planning and supporting them after. So um, we basically specialize in supporting individuals of all abilities and needs. Um, Recreation therapists can work with any types of populations, any age groups, typically. We tend to specialize in certain areas. So, for example, I've worked quite a bit with the uh, older adult population, kind of my area of expertise. But I have some colleagues who work in pediatrics, for example, and other types of settings. Um, And really what we do is to support individuals in living the healthiest life they can. Um, So we use, you know, all domains of well-being. And our channel for that is uh, recreation, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, So we use recreation and leisure as part of a treatment plan or a recreation plan um, to help the person, um, you know, uh, understand their needs and then access the, the goals and objectives that they have in mind. Um, so, for example, it could be anyone in it. it could, we actually sometimes also I, I just want to mention also as a kind of side note is sometimes we have individuals who were, you know, entirely healthy and, and just suddenly had a condition or even sometimes it's just unfortunately an accident or something and are in the recovery process um, and would like to maybe uh, reintegrate certain skills they had to be able to practice past leisure activities that they used to do, right? So really, it's just finding ways to support them and getting, uh, reaching their goals through uh, recreation opportunities um, and building new abilities and skills through that. Um, A quick example, and you mentioned the pandemic earlier, um, and it's something that we've seen quite a bit, is people reaching out just, you know, in the last year and a half or even more. Um, We are seeing so it's exponential the amount of people that are reaching out um, because they have been kind of, I guess, uh, well, the isolation portion and just not not being able to access recreation opportunities as much. Um, so we've been able to help them reintegrate meaningful activities that way. And it's been a really good journey just supporting people uh, along the way uh, in the last year or so. That's amazing. And I find that, again, in, in my world, right, in the recreation, I, I started in recreation, I won't even tell you how many years ago, and, you know, building the calendars and all that stuff. And I can tell you that they've gone, in, in retirement living, it's gotten so much better because people have started finally seeing that this is something that you really need to pay attention to, the socialization, all of, like you said, all of the different facets of cognitive, you know, movement, things like that. So, it's really something that I'm happy that's kind of starting to get more popular. But um, yeah. we'll talk a little bit more in a couple of minutes. It looks like it's that time again. 
and coming up on Artful Aging with Amy, Tanya and I are going to chat about uh, an interesting research project that she's currently doing. Maybe you or your loved one can get involved. Let's chat more about it when we come back. I'm Amy and you're watching us on Bold Brave TV. Welcome back to Artful Aging with Amy. I hope that you've been enjoying today's show. Tanya is going to tell us about a special research project that she's been involved with. But just before we talk about the research study, I wanted to touch on the virtual classes that you and your team offer. Of particular interest, as I was surfing your website, is the Wellness and Companions program that I believe that you offer in the spring months. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So. Uh, I'll be talking a little bit about my role as a professor at the college, but uh, it kind of links back to this project particularly. Uh, the Wellness Companion Program is basically something that we developed based on a need. So uh, it actually happened in conjunction when, uh, you know, the pandemic hit. We had um, individuals who were in need in the community, and then we had a number of students who were ready to graduate. Um, and ready to do their full-time placements, but had nowhere to go because um, different types of organizations were also shutting down. Um, so not able to you know, put into practice what they had learned academically. Um, so you know, colleagues and I came together uh, and decided why not offer something out in the community uh, virtually so that we can reach as many people as we want and people in need um, and pair up students with individuals in the community. So simply put, basically becoming companions uh, for a number, usually up to 10 to 12 weeks uh, of services. So what we did is we developed a whole framework. We had support to our students as well. And it just went under our uh, programming available at Bloom because we already had, you know, a number of people that we knew would benefit from uh, the services. And then we put a call out to the rest of our community across the country um, to uh, access free uh, recreation therapy services. Um, so that was a huge hit. We've been offering it ever since for the last two years, going on year three this year. Uh, typically, it happens in spring. So hoping for a spring 2022 uh, again. Um, and if people are interested, they can always go have a look on our website and, and they'll find the information on how to sign up uh, and access those services. Terrific. And the link to um, your website is on my website if, if for easy access at artfulagingwithamy.com. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, there's a couple of other virtual classes that you do. So in case somebody might be interested in the audience in, in joining in, can you tell us a little bit more about the other virtual classes? Yeah, so we have been offering in-person options, but virtually we have been offering a number of classes. Um, all of our classes are typically adapted to any type of individual and any types of needs and abilities. So we have, for example, our chair yoga class, uh, which is one of our most popular, where you uh, go into a full on yoga sequencing using the chair as support. Um, and we'll do, you know, for example, our sun salutation and everything. So it's something that can be done safely in a chair or standing using the chair for support. Um, so we have chair yoga, we have our class called move and groove, which is a bit more cardiovascular exercise, again, done safely with the use of the chair. Um, we have other uh, social groups, which are tea time. Um, so more of a social connection group uh, that meets weekly. 
We have a book club, book club starting up, uh, coming up in the new year as well. And we have our program called uh, Creative Hearts, uh, which is a more of an art-based uh, program. And we get to explore certain expressions and, and uh, emotions through uh, art. Um, and then we have a number of workshops too. If I go into that, we can go on. There are so many different topics and themes that we explore, but they're always available again uh, to, to be kind of uh, reviewed on our website for anyone who's interested. Awesome, awesome. I have you heard of this? I, I it's it's a new it's a new thing in retirement living. It's the drumming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dr- <laughs> so at the at the retirement homes, they take laundry baskets and put exercise balls on, and they drum on mm-hmm. it. Have you come across yeah. this? It's pretty pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. We uh, so a number of my colleagues, recreation therapists, have been uh, under undergoing that specific training because it's such an interesting tool for us to use. Um, and some of my staff actually just completed the training, so it's it will be something that we'll also be able to offer. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's it's a huge like it's a blast for everyone involved. <laughs> I think it's fun also not only just for the music and the workout, although I don't know that the workout part is as fun. I just like you know you're frustrated, you just start beating yeah. on that ball, and and I think that, that that's the yeah. best part. <laughs> oh dear. Exactly. Okay. Can you, uh, Tanya, can you tell us a little bit more about the research project you're involved with? Can you let us know a little bit more um, about how people could get involved? Absolutely. So the research project I'm a, a co-researching uh, on is uh, called the Healthy Aging Collective. Um, so it came about uh, the idea of uh, we applied for a, a, actually a specific grant to be able to develop some resources for our community. Um, and decided to go uh, uh, ahead and develop a workbook um, that would provide a ton of resources and a ways to plan for healthy aging, a little bit along the lines of what we're discussing today, and uh, to be able to develop it for seniors, but also by seniors. So we really wanted to involve the seniors in our community across the country that would want to give their contribution, their ideas, share their voice, their opinion, through the process. So our team is basically supporting them along the way, but the content itself is almost developed like in conjunction with uh, our groups of seniors. Uh, what we have done is we recruited a number of leaders in our community. So, um, you know, individuals age uh, 50 plus um, that were interested in getting uh, uh, involved in the project. Uh, so first layer is we had leaders and then our leaders are basically going to be starting some focus groups in the new year. Um, and our focus groups are also going to give their opinion and input into the project. Um, so basically, and it's different types of uh, topics and subjects such as adapting to change, for example, uh, you know, contribution and connection. Um, and basically the research is looking at uh, the experience of being consulted in the process. Um, so if anyone is interested in getting involved as a focus group member, uh, I'd welcome them to just go on our website to look for our tab on the Healthy Aging Collective, um, and they'll find the form right there, um, and you can sign up uh, anywhere across Canada, basically, uh, can sign up as a focus group member, uh, and we'll be happy to share any, answer any questions as well uh, if before you apply, if you have any. I think that is great. And again, get their input, right? It, you know, seniors are um, knowledgeable and they they want to have things designed for them. And so well, let's not design things at them. Let's, let's mm-hmm. design things with them, right? Exactly. 
So there's so much great information. It's that time again. So get up, stretch your legs, grab a drum, start doing that for the, the, <laughs> the commercial, and grab a cup of tea, and we'll be right back. Artful Aging with Amy, you're live on Bold Brave TV. I hope everyone got their stretches and drum routine down on the break. They grabbed a tea, settle back in for a few more minutes, hang out with us here on Artful Aging with Amy. I wanted to get into a bit more of an understanding of what recreation therapy is, because as you know, Tanya and I have been talking about kind of, you know, it's it's up and coming more than anything. It, you know, recreation therapy's always been there, but now people are starting to pay more attention to it. Like I said, in the retirement homes, it's gone from, you know, when I used to do calendars back in the day to, to you know, specific activities to like all these other fun um, physical activities and cognitive activities. And it's really, really important. So Tanya, you're also a partner or sorry, partner, a part-time facility member uh, of the Therapeutic Recreation Graduate Diploma at Algonquin College, which is a college here in Ottawa. Um, can you tell us a bit more about what students would learn in a course like this? Absolutely, yeah. So as you said, as recreation therapists, it's evolved, um, like our profession has evolved so much over the years too, um, you know, from uh, creating a bit more direction and purpose in what we do and having a more structured and um, planned, you know, uh, um, approach to our programming. Um, so Basically, the Algonquin College um, Recreation Therapy uh, course uh, or program is actually a graduate certificate. So uh, students come in with a previous degree or diploma in recreation or any related field. We have healthcare fields as well. Um, and they come in to learn the skills that are required um, to practice in, in therapeutic recreation. They're actually, the, the curriculum has been entirely reviewed uh, by our professional board, which is Therapeutic Recreation Ontario, as well as CTRA, which is the Canadian Therapeutic Recreation Association. So just making sure that it's well in line with our, um, you know, requirements as part of our professional practice. Um, so we really teach our students to understand the process you want to take when it's assisting an individual. So we typically use a process called uh, the API process, and it's just an acronym for assessing uh, the needs of the individual, then planning uh, with the individual or for the individual uh, based on the needs, the objectives they have in mind, their interests, and then we implement an activity or a program that fits and suits the needs of the individual, and then evaluating the outcomes to see whether we're on track with what we had in mind to uh, support the individual. So we really fundamentally um, teach those skills to all of the students coming into the program, uh, but they also you know, need to uh, take different classes such as anatomy and physiology to really understand you know, the uh, basics of human body. Um, they have classes on you know, aging, which is a one that I teach. Uh, we look dive deep into other populations as well that we would typically assist. Um, and they also, as I mentioned previously, you know, will have to complete a full-time internship as well towards the end of the program um, to really apply the skills that they're learning in class into actually and applying it in person and supporting and gaining that experience and skill you need to provide support to individuals that require that assistance. 
Um, so it really is um, a great program. I, I'm so happy to be a part of it. And it's been really great to see, um, you know, so many students bloom during that time uh, and, you know, getting to learn, um, you know, the skills you want. And some skills are skills that you have to have kind of in it to the person, you know, compassion and being empathy and being able to support individuals. But other skills are things that are a bit more structured and need to be learned in class. So it's it's great to give a little bit of a combination of both. I think it's really important um, with the hands-on experience, maybe because that's how I learn, but I think it's super important to be able to have the internship, like you said, it's full-time for, is it a semester that they do it? Uh, typically, it's around 12 weeks. It's 480 hours total, so it's it's quite uh, intensive um, for our that's students. In- yeah, it's very intensive, and that I think that that's a great way to learn kind of just on, on the job, right, and learn mm-hmm. kind of um, because you can, o- you can only get, I feel, you can only get so much in school. You have to really mm-hmm. start getting into the routine of what this actually looks like for mm-hmm. the position you're looking for, for your future, and all that stuff, because it also gives you an opportunity that if you say, hey, like, well, I really don't like this in practice for some reason, mm-hmm. then you have that opportunity too, because like you said, you know, to work, especially with a senior crowd, you have to have empathy and and, and um, compassion as well, right? And a lot of people who work in the senior industry, if we were just looking at that part of it, um, often say that it takes a special kind of person, right? Because you mm-hmm. have to, to have these elevated skills um, and be able to relate to different people. Um, right. What types of careers, uh, other than maybe specifically what you do, it, does a graduate program really set people up for? Like, what kind of things can people do if they're interested in, do, in going through the program? There are so many, you know, areas and, and areas of expertise that you can specialize in, as I mentioned, you know, at the beginning. Um, so it really depends on, you know, the skills you come in with or even maybe the previous degree or background you have. So. We'll have certain students, you know, who maybe specialize in behavioral health and will support individuals with intellectual disabilities, for example. Um, so it can be community, community-based programs. Uh, we have more clinical um, jobs as well. So uh, different areas, we have recreation therapists at the Royal Ottawa here. Like there's a lot of establishments that have recreation therapists on site. Um, so whether it's clinical and hospitals and rehabilitation centers, um, mental health as well is a huge area where we can come in and support, provide some enriching and meaningful experiences, um, community-based, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and so there's so many, so many options, really. Um, again, it comes a little bit with uh, where do you feel you fit the best and, and how can you specialize in supporting that uh, the population you want to serve. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Tanya. It's been such a helpful conversation. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with all of us. For more information about Tanya and Bloom Fitness and the research project, head over to artfulagingwithamy.com. There you'll see uh, Tanya's bio and the link to her site, uh, as well as uh, our next upcoming guests coming up. So after the break, I'm going to share my top tips with you from today. You don't want to miss it. Uh, You've been enjoying Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Brave TV, and we'll see you in a few minutes. 
Hi again. Thanks for joining us today. I'd like to thank my guest Tanya again for joining me as well. What a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I know that you all heard her say plans, so I'm just going to put that out there. But as I told you in the first show together, many of my clients want to stay living in their home as long as possible, the aging in place scenario. However, I find many people don't put simple things in place to make that happen. Most are just kind of crossing their fingers and moving through their lives day to day, hoping that things will stay the same. But as you know, things will change whether you want them to or not. So it's really important to make this plan to put things in motion so that you're protecting yourself. You know, you do have some control over that and how you implement healthy aging strategies and planning now will impact your future in a positive way. Hopefully you've been able to take some good notes today. If not, you can always rewatch or re-listen to this episode. Head over to artfulagingwithamy.com for all the links. For those of you who enjoy the Coles Notes version, here are what I think the top tips of today are. Uh, I would say put healthy habits in place would be your number one. Don't just wait for the crisis um, or change in health to occur. You're ultimately in charge of your situation. And the more things that you can do and take control of in earlier, you will see benefits from that. So don't just watch your life go by. Make sure that you are putting things and, and healthy habits in place to make sure that it's your life successful in healthy aging. And number two is put together a support system. Like anything, a support system can hugely improve your success rate. This doesn't have to be family or friends. It can be professionals in the community. Your support network is really just one call away. So as we've talked about in other shows, there's lots of different professionals out there that can help. Not everyone has family and friends they want to share this type of journey with, um, You know, mainly family conflicts and mediation that has to happen. So if that's uh, your situation, always reach out to a professional um, or start with your family and friends and then and branch out from there. So there you have it on next week's show. We're speaking with a caregiver who has become a trained yoga instructor and a coach due to the personal circumstances she found herself in. And I can tell you, you don't want to miss it. Even when I was reading some of her notes for the show next week, it got me a little bit teary-eyed because I can very much relate. So if you're a caregiver, for sure, please tune in next week. And if you're struggling with piecing together your senior living journey, you can head over again to artfulagingwithamy.com to grab a copy of the best-selling book, Breadcrumbs. There you also find a lot of resources, some freebies to download, and other links to uh, various different resources, uh, all at the tip of your finger. And you'll also find uh, the links to get you over to the replay of the show, as well as our podcast. And I would love you to take a minute, if you can, and you like the show, give me a second and do a thumbs up on the video or podcast app that you're listening to. It really helps boost our ratings and opens the doors for other families to find Artful Aging with Amy a little bit more uh, easily. So from all of us at Bold Brave TV, thanks for joining us for Artful Aging with Amy. From me to all of you, I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. You've been listening to Artful Aging with host Amy. Many folks just like you feel they're alone in their journey in helping a loved one or caregiver. So tune in each week and let Amy show you that help is around the corner and is just one conversation away here on Artful Aging.